0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Marriage Sucks Podcast. This is episode number six. We're already at number six. Yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. And today, it's a really light subject. We're going to be talking about pornography.
1: (laughs) I think that one's the one that deserves a dun-dun-dun.
0: Dun-dun-dun. Here we go.
1: Today's episode, we're going to be hearing from, mostly from Andy, a little bit from myself, but um, on his journey through pornography and stuff that he's learned from it and the experience of being single and then married and how that's affected our marriage. Yes. So Andy, tell us a little bit about your journey.
0: Well, let's just jump in, friends. Uh, this is the episode for me that we all get to become really good friends because this is uh, a good subject, but also one that has impacted our marriage in a really substantial way. Um, if you listen to the junk in the trunk episode, you know that, that, you know that this brought a lot of junk in for me personally. Um, I would say that just knowing statistically, this is a big issue for a lot of people. So I hope that my prayer for this episode is that you hear something that you can relate to. Uh, Whether you're far along in your journey, uh, whether you're in the middle of it, whether you're struggling, uh, whatever it is, I just want you to walk away knowing that there can be some hope, and I hope you get a little bit of encouragement uh, from what I'm going to say. But for me, interject anytime, please feel free uh, to interrupt me, but for me, pornography was not something I actually sought out, and I'm going to try to not over-spiritualize this, but I do believe men are by nature more visual uh, when it comes to sexuality. And I think that that can be great. And there's some, some great differences between men and women. But I, I do think that the enemy, uh, the, the devil, would like to exploit things every time he can. And so with guys, I do know that this can be a huge pitfall. And for me, like I mentioned, um, when I first encountered pornography, it wasn't until probably maybe freshman year of high school. I don't remember the exact time or date or what year it was, but I just know that I was in my room. I was just eating, I think, dinner. I had a TV in my room. We had cable. And it was back when, when you'd flip through the channels, there would be some that you didn't have, like maybe you didn't pay for them or whatever, but for whatever reason, on this day, Half of a channel was completely visible, and it was a naked woman. And that was like a whoa. I mean, all sorts of emotions and and feelings and things I had never probably felt uh, before came flooding to the forefront of me, and that was my introduction. It was not, um, again, a choice. It wasn't a, a thing. It, it really came out of nowhere. And as I look back, that may, that put me on a really big spiral and path towards what is pornography, what is that going to do, what does this feel like, and I don't know your experience with what how that started for you and, and where that journey began, but for me, that was a a big moment that I look back and say, man, that, that one instance caused a lot of pain and hurt later in life.
1: Yeah, I didn't interject earlier, but I think we can also... Uh, just to bring a little more understanding to the struggle with pornography, I don't think that it, it affects just men. I mm-hmm. think there are women that can struggle with it just as much. And and I agree with you that the enemy puts that in in the minds of um, of the people that he knows he can tempt with it. And um, so I don't think that anyone is um, not susceptible. Su- yeah, I I don't mm-hmm. think anyone's susceptible to.
0: Totally. No, I think I think everybody is, and I I, I didn't mean that women aren't. I just meant I yeah. know men are more visual by nature. Yeah, I so think that's I just
1: I just wanted thing. to be able to put it Absolutely. out there. Yeah, that, yeah. that good clarification. Be, yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, so I I won't walk through every detail, but I will say that's where it started, and then it progressed. You know, I got my first cell phone. I don't when I probably was sixteen, started driving or something, and I do know that's when the internet was already a big thing and it was becoming a bigger thing and then it from what i understand you know uh, for people that were older than me pornography used to be something that you really had to seek out you had to go to a store you had to buy a magazine and really when i was hitting high school i'm that was still available i i've actually never purchased a magazine or bought a video or a movie but it, the internet just opened everything up and that was a huge just doorway into what do you want to see and and what are you interested in. And really at a pivotal time in my life at that age, it really was probably shaping uh, my view of what sex would be, my view of what I thought my role in sex would be that I learned later when we're married and things we've had to adjust. But uh, for me, pornography became an addiction. It was not that one day and then it was over. And that really sparked a curiosity that was... Huge, and so um, it it really turned into something that was very harmful. You know, right away, because it was this constant desire to see more and to stimulate, and it was, it, it, and that progressed into other things, into having a dating relationship where I thought, oh, I really, I really hope that we will make out. Or then it would progress to what else can we do? And I will say, without giving everyone all the details, that God did help me to avoid. You know, making some bigger mistakes in, in relationships. Now, I made plenty, and I have a lot that I regret that I think stems from pornography uh, in how physical I would get with relationships and with people. Um, but I am thankful that there are still things that didn't occur and that God helped me to avoid. So for me, that continued, you know, through high school, um, through the first year of college, and I had gone to see a counselor about a number of things when I was younger, but this was one of them. And uh, there was some some moments of relief and some moments of help. That that wasn't to say I didn't want to avoid seeing pornography or looking at it, but I learned it was very much like a drug. It was very addicting. And we talked about that the other night when we were kind of getting ready for this podcast. It really feels like a drug. I mean, I've never done drugs, I can't tell you for sure, but it felt like the yeah. same addictive qualities yeah,
1: just as addicting as a drug would
0: be. yeah because then you know i'm sure if you've struggled with this before you can relate but if you look at pornography in the beginning it takes a certain amount or a certain thing to really satisfy that that craving and then it takes more and you have to look longer and you have to look at more things and and it really can progress quickly and so for me that i had a lot of years where that was a, a big addiction and that had such a hold on me, and so I think after going to counseling uh, through a lot of prayer, I did start to find some success in that, and it was it was wonderful. But there would always be a I've been good for weeks or months, and then I'd slip up, and and I I did finally get to a place where it was not um, an addiction. It wasn't something that had control of my life. You know, I had a lot of of good years of success, and I would say this is kind of a small thing, but we've we've talked about this before a big pivotal thing for me as I had already found success in my life with pornography. I mean, it's never going to be a thing that I'm over. I think I have to admit that to myself. And we've talked that you can never not be tempted. And I think that I have to constantly guard myself, which we can get into later. But a big thing that I've, that I did was changing what music I listened to. And I think that that was a huge part that I thought that's silly. Like I, I used to enjoy rap music and I still probably do, uh, But the words and what they talked about were very sexual, and that could even put me into a place mentally that then I would want to go look at something because of what I was thinking about or what the music was, and so I changed a lot of things about my lifestyle and what I would do before Abby and I were dating and during dating, and I would say the hardest part of pornography for me, as I'm sure you can relate to a lot of parts of my story if you have a similar journey, was that I was doing really good, and In the beginning of our marriage, I think this is probably five years ago. Is that right? Mm -hmm. There was just an awful week, and a lot was going into it. But the bottom line is I made a huge mistake, and I looked at pornography again. But this time it wasn't just impacting me. It was impacting our marriage, and it it was a terrible moment. But one that we look back on, I think, and and see that could have probably destroyed what we have and it took a lot which I'll tell you about in a minute to get through but it was a turning point because i was no longer just hurting myself my reputation you know my heart it was really coming in and affecting you in a huge way and that was a that was a big deal
1: yeah yeah, I I would say from my perspective, in dating, I knew that there had been a prior addiction. I knew that you had gotten a lot of help. I knew that that, that wasn't necessarily still a part of your life. But I don't know that we always went there to have the conversations of me checking up on you and mm-hmm. how are you doing. We, no, we didn't. That... I think
0: that was by design, probably. Yeah,
1: and, and so then in being married, I did actually ask that a few times, knowing that that was still that, that wasn't always going to go away or ever go away fully. And, in knowing that that had been a prior struggle and asking you and asking you, and I know, again, I think we talked a little bit about in, um, I'm not sure if it was, uh, the baggage, but being able to be open with, especially your spouse, when you're having a hard time with something, because if you can't fully communicate that in that, that being a safe place, then, it can snowball into bigger things, and I think in the moments of me asking you, it was really hard for you to tell me, mm-hmm. knowing that that could be really hard for me to hear. That it could
0: disappoint you, that it could hurt you, and so it's easy to put yourself in a place, at least for me, with pornography that was like, no, I'm actually I'm helping this person by not saying anything, yeah. which is a lie. Yeah. It's not true. It does so much more damage, and I've learned that now, because I really did break a lot of trust with you. And some things that I've learned, and we can talk more you know, about this whole subject, but some things that I really have learned through more counseling and through processing this with you out loud is if you try to get past lust or pornography on your own, it's not going to work. I really don't think it's a winning combination. I think that there are some key ingredients that you have to have, and one of those is open communication with your spouse – Because once you get to a place where you can admit, hey, I'm having a really hard day, and I've been tempted, and I've been... I mean, those are good conversations, and believe me, we didn't get this all right in the beginning at all. Um, But going to counseling and getting professional help, it was a big thing. Because right away after that, thankfully, we did go see a counselor right away, and we did talk about what had happened. And the counselor that we saw, it was a great guy, and he gave me some really easy-to-use um, kind of tools for in the moment uh, right away. And, and the big thing that he talked about was every time you feel lust and you see something or that sparks an interest or you have a thought, you need to be verbal with it. And so he would ask me to, even if I'm in the car by myself driving and I see a billboard, to, to see something and say, that's lust, I don't lust, and to say it out loud, not to keep it inside, but to say it out loud verbally. And I remember for a long time saying that, a lot throughout the day and it really did help me to say it out loud and to make it known. Um, But counseling was a big thing, a really big thing. Learning to be open with Abby, as difficult as that was, was probably the most sobering part, but also the most helpful part because I do know we probably should have had more conversations about this, but I did find it a safe place to say, Abby, I'm having a hard day. I just need you to know that. Or to let Abby know, hey, I was doing this thing, and it was for work, but I, I stumbled across, not pornography, but I stumbled across this album cover, and it was really revealing, and it was hard to look away, and I did, but I wanted to tell you about it. And I, the more you and I, I think, communicated, that was slowly putting trust back together.
1: Yeah, and I, and I would say as a person who's being the support, the supporter um, or experiencing um, some of the effects of pornography in our marriage, um, I had to also cho- choose how I was going to react to that. And and I needed to show you that I could be a safe place for you to be open and honest. Because if if I was the kind of wife that just always um, made you feel bad about it and yelled at you or, you know, how dare you and, and really cause more shame than I'm sure you were already feeling that would be a really hard place for you to come in safety and, um, and to be able to share that. And I know God, God put a lot of pieces together for us and that season of, it came out and and it, you and I dealt with it, but, we had a lot of good support. Um, at that, in that time, I also was at a a place with God where I had been, I'd kind of knew something was off. I could feel it, didn't know what it was. And I'd been praying about that. And I knew God had set me up to be in a place, um, a healthy place of when you, when that did happen. And we did have that conversation. I, you know, I didn't throw things. I wasn't going crazy at, you know, on you. I, it was a very calm moment of, this is hurtful, this is hard, or, you know, we were sad together because it was something that was really hard to deal with in our marriage. And sure, trust was broken. There were other pieces to that. But overall, I think it helped that I think I I wasn't reacting. And I I think a lot of people who have known our story have said – maybe you didn't fully deal with it because you didn't fully react in, in your anger where it's mm-hmm. like, no, you know what? I think the grace of God was really over that. And I think God had given me a lot of peace too. I had already kind of feel, been feeling something was going on. He prepared you, I think. He, little he little definitely bit. prepared me for that. And I'm thankful that I didn't okay. throw things and scream and yell and, and you know, there were again, it was a hard conversation. There were either a lot of tears. There was a lot of stuff I had to work through as well on my part, but it, I think you learned that I could be a safe place.
0: I did. I do want people listening to understand that, you know, we have worked through this and there's a lot of celebration here. I'm in a great place and I, I'm so happy for that, but don't hear what we're saying and mistake that when Abby says that she was a safe place, that there wasn't a lot of mess to still process through, oh, yeah, because it, was, it still was very yeah, messy. It was there messy. Were, it was hard. There were still a lot of times for years that you would just have to tell me, "I don't trust you," and I'm sorry, but I just don't. I'm worried. I want to see your phone and all these things that would come out, and and at first that was really hard for me. But I, when I realized that what I had done had really hurt you as a person. It had really raised some things for you to question. Are you enough for me? Do I still think you're attractive? So many things. And when I realized that this trust was going to be built back over the a long period of time, what took just a few minutes to ruin took, I think, three, four years for us to really find some good healing in that and to be in a better place, there were still a lot of messy conversations that did not end well and that were full of emotion. And yeah. now you were a safe place. You were never not a safe place for me, but you clearly expressed sadness, anger, disappointment in healthy ways, but I knew that you felt those things. Yeah. You did not close that off from me and not let me see that. And as hard as that was, it, that's part of it being real. That's part of it being a marriage that we're not just gonna press bail and pull the rip cord because this happened. It was, It was a struggle. Friends, we're realizing now as we're talking uh, that this is a wonderful episode that I hope you're finding value in. But we are fast approaching kind of our time limit that we've set up for each episode. So we're going to push pause for now, and we'll pick this back up with our next episode. Uh, I want to let you know as you're listening, if you have any questions, you can reach us in one of two ways. I would love to talk to you. I'd love to help you through your journey, or Abby can help you through what you're going through with this area of pornography or sexual sin but you can always email us marriage sucks podcast at gmail.com or you can find us on instagram marriage sucks podcast search us there send us a message we would love to talk to you and we will pick this back up in episode number seven as we continue talking about pornography